Hello, and welcome to the Parkinson's Life podcast, the monthly podcast offering a voice to the global Parkinson's community. I'm Joe McAweeny, Deputy Editor of Parkinson's Life magazine, and each month we bring together members of the Parkinson's community to share their stories. Through lively, open and honest conversation, we'll be exploring life with the condition, discussing some of the challenges and sharing ideas on how to live well with Parkinson's. This month, we're looking at the relationship between Parkinson's and creativity, with our guests discussing how the arts can help people manage their symptoms, and also offering advice to anyone who finds that Parkinson's is a barrier to their creative process. Our first guest, Walter Giacci III, also known by his stage name Tahiti, is a 51-year-old American filmmaker, screenwriter, and hip-hop artist who was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2015. To mark World Parkinson's Day, he wrote a song called Light Blue Room, where he reflects on how the condition makes him feel. He is joined in conversation by Amy Mallett, a composer and musician from the UK, who offers music and dance classes for people living with Parkinson's. She has worked with the English National Ballet on their Dance for PD programme, and has since set up her own singing initiative, called Skylarks. In this episode, our guests discuss the positive impact that the arts can have on mental health, how the condition has affected Walter's work, and why artists like Billy Connolly and Michael J. Fox inspire them both. Hey Amy, I am calling you from Lawton, Oklahoma, home of the buffalo. Hi Walter, I am in sunny Suffolk in the UK. Is it really sunny? No, it's freezing cold (laughs) and dark. So Walter, can you tell me about when you were diagnosed with Parkinson's? I was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2015. Went to the doctor for like, uh, get something else. Like I had a cold or something. And uh, a doctor was like, hey, why are you walking like that? Walk across the room again. The rest is history. How much did you know about Parkinson's before you started working in the community? Uh, Absolutely nothing at all. I'd never even met anyone with Parkinson's. And um, somebody I knew sent me an advert for a job working for English National Ballet. And um, I I thought it was a joke (laughs) to start with. Um, And then I read uh, the job description and I said, I can't do this. I don't know anything about Parkinson's. And they said, no, 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 you've got just just try, just go along. And I was very lucky because English National Ballet um, did a very thorough workshop day when they were um, interviewing people. And um, when I was appointed, I was given a, a really good training program. So um, I got to know very quickly about the physical and emotional and um, psychological symptoms of Parkinson's and also about the research that goes behind the idea that, that dance can really help. How many different initiatives do you work with? When it comes to working with the Parkinson's community, at the moment um, I finished working with Dance for Parkinson's um, a while ago and so at the moment I run Skylarks which is a singing group for people living with Parkinson's and their friends and I also am working on an opera called Her Story, The Catchpole Chronicles. And 
that is in um, collaboration with some other colleagues and we call ourselves Carve Collab. And so we have together with a cast of people living with Parkinson's uh, devised a brand new original operatic work which has some dance in it it has some singing um it actually has some percussive um music as well and some animation so it's a really multi-dimensional piece and we're really lucky because um the royal opera house in london has asked us to go there next summer and perform it so that's the most exciting thing in my life at the moment that's pretty big that's huge and major congratulations thank you I know you rap, but you, you also make films, don't you? Um, can you tell me a little bit about your filmmaking? I am a filmmaker, screenwriter, and rapper, or hip-hop artist, as I like to prefer. I studied video production and film in college, but I've been making films since I was a kid. Uh, I think one of the biggest projects I did in school is I wrote a screenplay called Lunch, which is about the kid in the neighborhood that you always used to hear about. They would, like, you know, ran with a stick in his hand and ran with scissors and stuff, like all this bad stuff happened to him and this guy runs into him. But that, that movie ended up going to the uh, uh, USA Film Festival in Houston. Wow. And they, they ended up screening it at the uh, Directors Guild in Hollywood. So I went out there for that and met some guy from Paramount. So where do you get your ideas from? Uh, I get them from real life, just stuff that you see on the streets or something that I might see on television. You know, inspiration comes from all over, so... It could be anywhere. Yeah, fortunately for me, I've got the kind of mind that can connect things that aren't supposed to be connected, which is cool when it comes to creativity, but it's horrible in a relationship. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I usually can see the whole movie in my head and then I just write it down. And has the writing down become more frustrating since since your Parkinson's diagnosis? Not really. You know, Parkinson's can be a bummer, but Fortunately for us, we're in a time where technology is kind of like making things a lot easier. So they've got programs to where you can just talk and the computer types it out. So it's not difficult at all. It's just a matter of doing it. So does Parkinson's affect your ability to rap, Porter? Unfortunately, it does. I guess towards the beginning of this month, I performed an old song with some friends of mine. And to be quite honest, the performance was horrible. It sounded like somebody had gently laid a sledgehammer on my testicles. So I was trying to rap. It was like, you know, my voice was high-pitched and running out of breath. So it affects your breathing control and it affects, you know, just the, my voice in general. The, the one thing that I have found that does work, but it's expensive, is um, they sell CBD oil out here. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that seems to help with my vocals. Yeah. It's something we find um, in our singing groups, in our Skylark singing groups, is we do a lot of work um, just trying to give people control again over the muscles that support their singing voice. So um, we do a lot of work with breathing and breath control, holding notes on for a long time. And it's the same sort of exercises that any vocal um, group would do, any choral group to warm up. So um, we use similar exercises to tr just try and give people back the control over their voice. Do you, How do you find 
that sort of lack of control? It's, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, I was in a program briefly called Speak Up where they address that same situation. And so I learned to take some of those methods and apply them towards my life, trying to project my voice and keep a constant stream of breath coming through. And has your Parkinson's affect your creativity, do you think? No. Uh, the one thing that it does do is when I'm doing something that I enjoy, like music or like doing this interview right now, my, I guess, my brain's trying to produce dopamine and it's not there. So I start shaking. Okay. So like, if you see me shaking, that means I'm having a good time. And you've used Parkinson's actually as inspiration for some of your creative work, haven't you? Yes. Earlier in the year, uh, I guess it was last March, I released a hip hop single called Light Blue Room, in which I uh, rapped about my life with Parkinson's. Do you think it's important that people people do talk about Parkinson's using using the arts? Well, I, I think so, because you know, especially in hip hop, people use use that form of music to inform you of things. So, like, I mean, when I was coming up, you would listen to rap music and you'd learn a lot of stuff from it because you know it's just a whole lot of information over a beat. So, if I can use this format to inform people about what's going on in my life and how the uh, disease affects me. Maybe that could like broaden their horizons and they won't stare at me crazy when they see me in the streets. Might be like, hey, you know what? I think that young brother got Parkinson's. Yeah, great. Raising awareness about it. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but I am um, of African descent. So in the community I hear, when they see somebody walking down the street shaking thin and disheveled with a wild look in their eyes, the first thing they think is that they're on drugs. So there's a lot of misconceptions going on in the streets. People don't, you know, when they see you, the first thing they think is like, oh, man, this guy's drunk or this guy's high. Or, you know, they, the, the last thing that's going to cross their mind is Parkinson's. So I guess it is important to bring awareness to it because people, once they find out that you do have Parkinson's disease, they treat the situation a whole lot different, you know, after they've uh, made their preconceived notion. Some of the um, the groups that I've worked with, when I've asked them, do you think we should talk about the Parkinson's in the work that we're making? Um, they've been really positive about that and said, yes, you know, we want to show the world what people with Parkinson's can do. They're very passionate about um, how important it is to stay active and stay creative and stay connected to other people. Um, and they feel that that through performances, whether it's singing or dancing, um, it's it's putting a positive message out there. Yes. One of the other um, great things about the groups that I've worked with is that they've brought people together, um, and people that obviously share some of the same challenges. But what they say is, when they're in the room, when they're singing or rehearsing. Um, they leave the Parkinson's at the door. It's like um, it's not part of their identity while they're in the room. Do you do you find that when you're when you're creating or performing? Do you find that you can get lost in that? Definitely. Uh, like I was telling you earlier in the month when I did my an evening with Kutakinski, you know, I, I was the only individual there with Parkinson's, but you know, 
I felt like I didn't even have it that night. You know, we just got together and did our music and we had a good time and it made me forget about the whole situation. The only reason it got brought up is because I guess people are like, yo, my man Tahiti came all the way out here with Parkinson. <laughs> so it reminds you of it, but, you know, for the most part, you do lose yourself in the moment. Has having Parkinson's affected your confidence when you're rapping? Uh, definitely it has, um, to be honest, to be quite honest. If I'm not really prepared, like if I haven't had a day's rest, if I hadn't had any CBD oil, I'm not confident that I'm going to have a good performance. Is that because of memory or? No, my memory is just, my memory is fine. It's just the breath control and the, uh, the getting tired and the voice going out. Those, those, those three things. Um, could you tell me a little bit about the people that you work with and, and how what you do affects their confidence? So quite a lot of the people uh, in my group have been referred from um, the Parkinson's nurse at our local hospital who knows all about our work, or they've heard about the group from friends or maybe a speech therapist. Because some people do go to the speech therapy, but they they find it a bit boring. (laughs) And singing is another way to sort of come at the same problems, Um, but it's it's a bit more exciting lots of people do say oh I'm not a singer I can't sing I'm you know they feel a bit intimidated by the idea of singing so we try and keep everything really informal and fun and really um we we always laugh we always um don't take ourselves too seriously so that can really help build people's confidence um the other way that I like to um, help people feel at home is find out what kind of music people like. So we take requests. I, t- I try to keep the music that we're singing um, more upbeat um, because life is hard enough uh, than to come and sort of sing for a, for an hour and sing, sing sad music. So we try and keep things uh, very upbeat. But certainly... Some of our more long-standing members have said that the confidence they've gained from being part of the group, part of the singing group, has spilled over into the rest of their lives. So it has encouraged them to go to other social activities. It's encouraged them maybe to get on the bus to come to uh, the rehearsal or they've made friends at the group. So it's had such a wide range of impacts that I think is different for each person, but but wholly positive. Do you guys sing a lot of classic rock songs? I tell you what, we we are so I I call us eclectic. Um, we sang some Eagles the other week. We sang um, more of a sort of mm. um, classical Christmas carol. We sang. We're, we're quite into folk, so we've sung a lot of sea shanties and and that kind of thing <laughs> um, because the rhythm in kind of folk music can really help with the symptoms um, such as freezing. So if you get a really good bouncy rhythm going, sometimes it can help people get um, mobile again. Uh, that's, that's great. Do you have anybody in your group that, that raps, does grind music? Not that I know of, but in our opera, we have we have some spoken word sections, which is a bit more like poetry to music. and. You know what? Some people, I reckon, would have a go at it. Do you find that the people that 
participate in your initiative have mental health benefits as a result? Some of our participants have actually said that singing gives them a high. <laughs> and um, when I've questioned them on this, they, they talk about, you know, a feeling of being lifted, a feeling of warmth, a feeling of belonging. And they say that it can last like a couple of days after the session has finished. So I think there's definite psychological and emotional um, benefits from singing. And I don't think that is limited to people with Parkinson's or any other health um, condition. I think generally as, as animals, when we sing, we feel better. And when we sing with other people, we feel even better. I would have to agree with that. So Walter, have you tried any, any kind of art therapies at all? I haven't per se uh, tried any organized art uh, remedy, but I mean, I stay creative every day and I do artistic and creative things with my friends. So it's part of your life anyway. Correct. It's the lifestyle that I lead. The other thing I find with our group is that sometimes it's the first time someone has come to the arts. They've thought of themselves not as a creative person or not as a singer or not, you know, just not that way. And it's um, it's been the Parkinson's that has brought them to the activity and they find that then that they've got maybe hidden talents that they didn't know they had. That's, that's one of the most rewarding things I think about the work that I do. So you're kind of like Britain's got talent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the ballet in particular, you know, when you see a whole room full of, of, and we have quite a lot of gentlemen um, do the dancing as well. When you see, you know, we, we in the past have done work based on Swan Lake and there's something about um, being a ballet dancer that kind of lifts everybody's posture. Um, you can become a different character. Um, it's just really kind of freeing to be able to express yourself in that way. And I think, you know, when, when do you get the chance to play like that in your life when you're older? You just, you just don't, when we're kids, we can, we can mess about as much as we like, but it kind of gets stamped out of you as you, as you get older. So it's wonderful to be able to bring back those sorts of opportunities in people's lives. That's cool. It reminds me of that movie that came out a while back where the kid wanted to dance and his dad didn't want him to. Billy Elliot. Yeah, Billy Elliot. Yeah. So do you dance, Walter? Uh, poorly, but uh, every once in a while I get out there and shake a tail feather. Yeah. Do you think that since you've had your Parkinson's diagnosis, it's made your creativity different? Has it has it increased it in any areas, or um, has it had an impact? Well, I will say that creatively, as far as art, music, and film, and writing, it's all the same. I think that my creativity has grown when it comes to like how I deal with life and uh, trying to make things as simple as possible. So I've become a lot more creative when it comes to just everyday hacks. Can you give me an example of one of those? Um, I have to creatively plan out my days so that I don't get exhausted. You know, before, just being like a regular artist, you know, if you get a whim to do something, you just do it right away. But now I have to kind of plan it out to where, uh, you know, okay, tomorrow I'm going to get up at this time and I'm you know, eat, take my meds, then I'm going to work on this for an hour, and then I'm going to eat lunch. I would have never done it like that back in the days. So your creativity has sort of helped your brain work more flexibly, maybe? 
Yes. Are there any um, artists or creative people with Parkinson's that you admire? Well, that's a good question, Amy. Um, actually, yes. I'm a big fan of Michael J. Fox. I mean, I was a fan of his before his Parkinson's diagnosis, but when he did that episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm dealing with Parkinson's, I thought that was really brave and great. So I noticed you put that in your music video. Yes, I did. That was inspiration. But that was so funny. Over here we have um, Billy Connolly, who is a, a Scottish comedian who's quite high profile. I'm familiar with um, and I, I, I'm thinking it'd be great to get someone like him along to our opera. Just ask him, we'll probably do it. I think I will. I'm inspired now. Walter, do you have any tips for other people who are living with Parkinson's? Um, any advice for them how to stay creative or even get creative if they never have been before? Um, well... If you are already a creative person, then you're going to be creative no matter what. So I'm not worried about those people. But um, for the people that aren't creative, I guess my main tip would be just to watch YouTube and get ideas. Because whatever it is that you always wanted to do, there's always somebody on there doing it. If you want to paint, you can watch a painting video and then just use that as motivation to get up and paint. Or if you, you know want to make music, learn how to play the piano watch a YouTube video on how to play the piano and be motivated to play the piano. That's what I do sometimes. Do you have any advice for someone who might not feel confident enough to come to your class? Well, if anyone expresses any interest in my class, what I try and do is is invite them just to come along and just sit, maybe just come and sit in the room and listen, um, have a cup of tea, um, join in if they feel like it. But what we try and do is celebrate any type of par participation. So, and how I start the sessions is um, every single time I will say, the session is for you and only you will know how you feel today. So if you don't feel like singing, if you don't feel like standing, if you don't feel like moving, that's fine. Um, you join in however you feel today. So I think it's about... Um, encouraging people to think about how they feel in the moment and do what's right for them. If it's to do with singing um, and you're not quite there yet, you're not quite ready to go through the door um, of a group like Skylarks, like you say, Walter, there's loads of stuff on YouTube and on the internet. So there are vocal exercises. If you just Google um, vocal warm-ups, you come across lots of singing exercises. They're a little bit more exciting than your bog-standard speech therapy stuff. And they all do the same thing. They all give power back to the vocal cords and get those messages moving from the brain to the vocal cords much more fluently. Ooh. And sing anywhere. I think people should just sing in the car, in the shower, in the kitchen, wherever find the music that you like and just sing along to it i agree thanks so much for talking to me walter i've been really inspired um i think i might even suggest that we put a rap into our opera oh that would be great amy it's been fantastic speaking to you today you've been very inspirational and i love what you're what you're doing in your community tell everybody uh at the opera i say what's up will do 
Parkinson's Life magazine is produced by Speak Media on behalf of the European Parkinson's Disease Association, the leading voice for Parkinson's in Europe. For the latest research and information on how to live well with Parkinson's, visit epda.eu.com. Thanks for listening to the Parkinson's Life podcast. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review. It helps make sure others can find us. Keep a lookout for episode 7, which will be released in the coming weeks. Until then, take care.